They say that when you gamble, the house always wins. But in the case of Las Vegas casinos being hacked by ransomware groups, it's looking like the hackers are winning. Plus, space scientists discover possible life on another planet while continuing to mess around with asteroids that could doom us all. These topics and more on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I am Keith Shaw. The man behind those glowing monitors is Chris. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Uh, let's get right into this. Have you been following this MGM hacking uh, situation? It's been going on for multiple days. That's why I think we should, we need to talk about it. Um, not at all. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to catch you up. MGM Resorts has faced widespread outages of their systems after a cyber attack last week. The hotel and entertainment giant, which operates hotels and casinos on the Las Vegas Strip, that includes uh, hotels like Bellagio, Aria, and Cosmopolitan, shut down large parts of its internal networks uh, earlier last week, which resulted in widespread disruptions. Guests uh, reported that ATMs, slot machines were out of order, along with digital room key cards, electronic payment systems tv services and phone lines i mean it's if you're staying in las vegas during during this i mean things are getting messed up apparently uh employees are also using pen and paper to track a lot of this stuff they basically nerfed the hotel yeah and so a representative for the hacking group known as scattered spider said it was behind the mgm cyber attack which was first reported by the malware repository collective vx underground scattered spider is believed to be a subgroup of the ALPHV or Alpha V ransomware gang. The group claims to have used common social engineering tactics or gaining trust from employees to get inside information to try and get a ransom out of MGM resorts. But the company apparently is refusing to pay. Uh, this conversation granted, oh, uh, and apparently the way they did this was they had a conversation that granted initial access that took only about 10 minutes, according to the group. Um, there was another report that said, uh, Alpha V compromised MGM resorts by going on LinkedIn, finding an employee and then calling the help desk uh, and then saying like, oh, I need a new password or I need to have my password changed. And then the help desk apparently granted this. But this has not been yet confirmed by security researchers. But they're they're basically saying, yeah, we social engineered um, access to to your systems by by doing this just via LinkedIn. Um, now, Scattered Spider is also believed to be behind an attack on Caesars Entertainment, which is a different hotel casino group. But apparently they paid about half of a $30 million ransom demanded by hackers to prevent the disclosure of stolen data. I guess they got into a database of all of the loyalty members. And so they had all this information that said, if you don't pay us uh, money for this, we're going to we're going to release it. Uh, and Caesars said, OK, I guess we'll pay just as long as you don't release that data. So. Yeah. Two halves of, of, a, of a ransomware situation. Um, one is like, nope, we're not going to pay. Okay, fine. We're going to screw up all of your systems. Well, so. B, okay, we will pay, and now we won't release this data. Although Caesars now thinks that maybe they haven't, you know, that maybe they did release the data or somehow got that data. Because you have to report this to the SEC. Well, how, 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 do, how does MGM know that they have their data? I don't know if they have the data, but they've, oh. they've got control of the systems. Do they know they have? How MGM, do they know they have control? Well, because MGM shut. I mean, well, or they they. That's a good question. I don't know. Because I was just going to say they could be bluffing. <laughs> yeah, just go up to MGM, be like, "Hey, we uh we have all of your customers' data." I don't. So you think MGM would be deliberately bringing down its entire systems, causing all of this disruption, potentially losing money because you can't have these slot machines working right. as a bluff. 
No, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, so. no, I take that back. I forgot that. So, like, if they're trying to use the ATM or whatever, if they're trying to make purchases, yeah, they're are they're already blocked out. Like, they can't access their system. So, yeah, no, it's definitely not a bluff. But wouldn't it be funny though if a, a ransomware guy just came in and be like, "Hey, I have all your information," and a company complied with them? Well, isn't that what happened with Caesars? Did it? Well, oh, oh, without without no, no, without the hacker saying, actually having. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if that has been attempted before. I think if if you were being uh, potentially extorted, you would ask for, "Hey, prove that you have this data." Yeah. And then they show all of the pictures that are on your hard drive or whatever, or they 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 say, "Oh, well, you know, Joe Smith at one three three one two three Main Street." would certainly not want his data out. And then you're like, okay, I guess. Because okay. I feel like you could social engineer your way in that way. Just be like, hey, I have a list of information. Here's some of it. And just come up with some random information. You know what I mean? I think, the, well, if, I, I don't think that they're going to be bluffing if they, yeah. I, they're not going to be bluffing their way to try to get yeah. money out of people. Yeah. But it is a, it, it is disturbing that it feels like companies are paying more ransoms than before i've, I've seen hospital the news reports of hospital systems that are doing it to get their systems back online or to make sure that their life saving equipment is not shut down um you, we always heard oh you know don't pay demands like that because you're only going to encourage more and it looks like that's what's happening now companies are paying and the comp and, and these hacker hacker groups are going well, this is where the money is. Let's uh, let's just keep going after those guys, and they'll pay the ransom. And then, well, so I, the other thing too to think about is, you know, let's say these ransom, you know, these, uh, you know, criminals. Let's just call them what they are. Sure. They're criminals, right? They're stealing information, stealing data, and they're um, a lot more organized than they. You know, these are organized crime right. groups, right? So let, let's say, okay, they have access to all this data. Like, what's going to stop them from copying that data? put it somewhere else, and then once they do pay their ransom, they hand over the data, but they still know what that information is. So it's it's a risk either way. Right, and that's the, that's the point, is you can't, you can't trust a criminal, you can't, that they're going to actually turn over the data that they've, that they've stolen from you. Because I feel like if you're a company, right, and you have all this data on the internet or in your servers, whatever, and it's like, if, if you're vulnerable, it's like, that's it. Game's already over. Yeah, because let's say they do take, you know, ransom over your your information. It's like okay, they have it, but what are they doing with it while they have it? You know what I mean? They could just be jotting it down in a notepad. Yeah, they could be. They could be copying it. They could still have it, and then they could sell that information to other other groups, other uh, phishing yeah. attempts on the dark web. Like this is the whole the whole problem with the security system. Yeah, makes me think that we should you know, maybe use all of this authentication stuff that we had uh, Wes Goosemile on the show a few weeks ago. Well, fingerprint, you know, or just simple like fingerprint yeah. the, readers or the, the other shocking part of this was that it only took them, you know, a 10 minute phone call with someone on the help desk to then grant them a reset password authentication yeah. thing. I think there's, there's gotta be more to that. Um, Cause I, and maybe it's because it's a big company that the help desk necessarily they knew they could identify that this person was an employee um but wouldn't they have just automated the password retrieval part unless they somehow got in and figured out where that reset password request was going to go to a different account 
Right. That's usually how they do that stuff too. Yeah, I have no idea of like the nuances of how that was done, but I'm sure if they're good at social social engineering, they probably could have wiggled their way through or or you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh it's it's like what? Like in an RPG game when you have a uh, maxed out charisma or whatever and you can pick the <laughs> right. you can pick the uh grayed out option there. Like yeah. this guy probably yeah. had maxed out charisma <laughs> and he was able to just talk his way through anything, you know? He put all of his all of his points into charisma. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he can talk his way out of any, any potential battle. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminded me of we've been doing some cybersecurity training at, at, our, at the company here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I, if I'm allowed to reveal that. But anyway, I took a course. I took one of the courses on Internet security and phishing and all this other stuff. Right. And I, I passed the course and they give you a little certificate. And I'm hanging that up in my cube. I'm very proud of that. Um, I was being ironic, by the way, or I was being sarcastic. Yeah. So I then get an email yesterday and our email system takes this email and puts it into the potential junk mail folder. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, I wonder why I have a junk mail item. And it's it's from the same company. They want to run another training for us. And they've got this thing called Spot the Fish Game. It's like, and... I looked at it and going, well, this could be an attempt by our company to see if anything I took in that course I learned. And what you're supposed to do is if you see a, a, a fishy email, yeah. you're supposed to send it to the help desk. So I, I didn't click on any links. I forwarded the email to the IT help desk here. And I said, hey, is this is this legit? Is this real? Like, Because it's getting stuck in the spam folder. Like maybe... Maybe if you really are, if this is legitimate, maybe they should rewrite the email so that it doesn't look fishy. Yeah. And all I got was a response was like, yeah, this is a company we're working with. Go ahead and click it. Like, <laughs> the thing, the thing, the, okay. Yeah. Like, the, like, why not reword this email so that it's less, you know, suspicious? The thing I have about the just training in general is like, I, I get it. You know, I, IT needs to train people so they know what uh, a phishing email will look like and yeah. stuff like that. Like I get it, but at the end of the day, I don't. A good phishing email, I think, will bypass any of your training because you won't know. It's going to be unexpected, out yeah. of the blue. It's going to be so well thought out and 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 worded. And I know they say in the training, like you know, to watch out for a misspelled. Uh, phrases and words yeah. and stuff like that. But, but that's going to go away. It's probably going to go away with AI, yep. right? But you're you're going to be taken off guard. And you're the all the stuff that you learn through training, you're not thinking about that when you're going about your daily, you know, activities on your your work email and stuff like that. So it's like like the training's good, but at the end of the day, it, it doesn't um it it doesn't trump like just good yeah, like it, hygiene, like common, good, like common good, sense. Yeah, common sense, yeah. like good, you know, internet hygiene, whatever, making sure, you know, what you're opening and, and, and whatnot isn't uh, dubious or, or stuff like that. But I think the, the, the best rule to follow, and this is, has, has helped me, I've not, I don't think I've fallen for one. I'm pretty sure I haven't fallen for one, yeah. is it's that, is it, does this make sense? Is it too good to be true? Yeah, exactly. Um, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound like the person, like you would never ask me for money. If I got an email the, from you that said, 
hey, this is Chris. I'm stuck. I'm stuck on the road, side of the road. Can you send me money? Well, like, well, well, the, the, you know, because you've never done that. You've never asked. So if, if I was going to like, say I was going to try to get some money out of you, I would continually ask you and ask yeah. you and ask you for money. And then I would hit you with that. Well, oh, so, I'm finally stranded on the road. Can you send me money? Well, so like, here's the thing. Like, I, I feel like a lot of, and this is just my opinion. I, I feel like a lot of the ransomware attacks, a lot of, you know, cyber vulnerabilities is all in like finance departments. Well, yeah. Like just in general. Yeah. Just because that, like. That's where the money is. Yeah. That's where the money is. Yeah. But I think it's easier to then send out a fake email. Be like, hey, can you wire me? you know this much to this email and it's like i'm sure in the finance department i'm sure they've had to you know allocate budgeting and stuff like that some way somehow yeah. right so because like and the reason why i say that is because like in in these trainings just in any training any any training right any it training um you get examples of like oh you know is this email fraudulent and the email is like hey can you wire me this this amount and i'm like who would do that? Right. Like right. But so, so with the finance department and the CEOs, those are called business email compromise attacks. Yeah. And those are the ones where you're going after, those are targeted phishing attempts that go after a CFO or a CEO and those types of people. The, the ones that, that are concerning to employees like you and I, you and me, employees like me and you, yeah, <laughs> are, the ones where they're getting you to they're they're getting into the help desk to change mm -hmm. an email password mm -hmm. so that so anybody could imitate me we have a small enough help desk where i think most people know me on the help desk yeah we all know but if you're now your mgm resorts you might not even have like your help desk might not even be part of the company right it might be a, a third party that they've hired to run it services so now someone calls in and so you've got a you know let's say they have 2000 employees or they, they they've got even more than that and you get a phone call and you're the third party guy and you're like what well, this is joe smith i work in you know um the janitorial staff at mgm bellagio i i need to change my password here's my information and they check and, and it seems legit and then they go okay no problem here you go and then boom the guy's in somehow yeah like those are the types i think that's why they're going after maybe some of these larger companies too because there's not a a, a secondary authentication system yeah. I, I i need to find out more about this in terms of how they were able to do this um but again but no you're right i mean that, that's it, on the other side of, of just to real quickly the yeah. uh, on the the reason why companies might be paying this ransomware um you've probably got some an analysts and and financial people that said you know what we don't want to pay this but the costs of getting our systems fixed exactly. or you know losing lawsuit money because of this data breach all of these other things that could happen if that data gets out there is going to cost more like it's up here versus all right you know 15 million dollars it's nothing to a company yeah, it's, like it's MGM. cheaper to just pay it's it it's cheaper to just pay it and that i think but that also then encourages other hacking groups to go after these companies but but yeah you're right when you say you know these these criminals go after larger companies because the vulnerability is so much more higher 
like you said, like let's say a company's IT staff or customer service, whatever, is third party. Yeah. They're not part of the company. They're not going to know the employees on the floor. Like right. that makes a lot of sense. It's yeah. like, you know, because you would think like, oh, they would go after the small fish. It's like, well, no, they're going to go after large international get, corporate. If, if they figured out that they have enough information on the employee to fake it through their, you know, 18 charisma score, yeah, um, they could probably get in easier than if they had to try to call a local company where the guy's like, uh, you don't sound like you, uh, you know, I just saw you an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, and hang up. Uh, so anyway, so it, we'll be following this more. And I think this is, there's probably some more details that are going to come out. Um, but if, if, if we want to end this on just be safe and see if it passes your common sense test on whether, whether it's you being attempted to be fished or if you're responsible on an IT help desk, you know, to, to make sure you know that you're dealing with the right people and authenticate, authenticate, authenticate. Um, all right. So I want to jump to another story. Now I, I want to do this story, but I'm, I'm going to tell you upfront. I'm not particularly interested in the nitty gritty details of this. Okay. And if I'm not, I'm pretty sure you're not e- either. But Google uh, is uh, being sued by the DOJ and, the, you know, they're accused of being a monopoly. So the antitrust trial is apparently going to set the future of the Internet. Uh, opening arguments were done recently, and this, this trial is going to go through November or uh, end somewhere in the middle of November. So it's going to be long. It's, it's not a jury trial. It's going to be... Uh, the decision is going to be made by a U.S. district judge who could order a breakup or changes to the way Google promotes its search engine. It's all about the search engine, apparently. So the DOJ's opening statement was that Google has paid huge amounts of money to cement its dominance in Internet search. It has shut out competitors and stifled innovations. This was the Justice Department opening argument. And uh, Google's opening statement basically emphasized that consumers widely prefer its search engine. The company's lead trial attorney uh, said the overwhelming majority of Microsoft computer software users preferred Google, even though the company's search engine Bing came preloaded on its Edge browser. And people are basically still switching to Google for search. You know, the DOJ also says that it has these sweetheart deals with Samsung and Apple mm-hmm. for mobile search. So I didn't even realize that. So when you use a mo- an iPhone and I use the Safari browser, it's Google. I didn't realize it was Google. It just it just felt like, oh, yeah, of course, it's Google. Like, why wouldn't it be like I didn't yeah. realize I had a choice like that. I because I why would I switch to it's just the user interface is different. Yeah, it, it's like uh, it's I mean, maybe you can make this uh, comparison, but it's kind of like. When you go to a, a store, for example, Market Basket here. Yeah. You know how they have the store brand? Yeah. It's just uh, the the main <laughs> brand bread, just with that store's label on okay, it. Okay, so that, yeah. That's, yeah, no, really. I think that's that's how it is. And I think if you go into, for example, if you go to the Edge browser, I think it was Edge, and I think uh, Jake from State Farm uh, told me it's not actually from State Farm, but yeah. um, it's our guy in IT, he's like, yeah, just go to the About section in Edge, and it'll tell you where it's it's sourcing from it's google edges so the edge browser is not using I'm bing sure. search? It's, it's either it's either bing or edge i think it's no, using, it's, I think it's edge like must li- be using it's bing like it's the, the same library company. google library okay google library right. whatever the google sources well i, I can find it what's, we, what's weird about it is that whenever i would get a new pc when i was back in the day when i was writing tech columns and things like that and testing things yeah uh i would get like a new lenovo or an hp or a dell system 
and it would be straight out. It, you know, it's, it's got the Microsoft operating system. The first thing I would do would be to download Google Chrome. Right. And because I prefer that browser and I connected browsers with search engines and, and, and that's what's messing me up. So I didn't realize that I thought, because I guess, yeah, I, I forgot that Apple doesn't have its own search engine. So why wouldn't it go with the best one? So um, there's going to be a lot of Silicon Valley big wigs that are going to be testifying at this trial. Um, I'm just not as involved. I'm just not as interested in it as I was 20, 30 years ago when yeah, it was probably 20 to 25 years ago yeah. when the DOJ took Microsoft to court. And that was all about the browsers, if you remember that. Uh, they were claiming that that Microsoft push, pushing Internet Explorer on everybody was stifling the market right. and preventing, you know, basically putting Netscape out of business and some other some other browser companies. But then Google came along with its better search engine and created its own browser. And now I think, you know, Google Chrome is probably the most dominant browser out there as well. Yeah. So let me show you. Let me show you something cool. Okay. Ready? Yeah. So let's go to oh, Edge right here. Is this Bing? No, Edge. Oh, this is Edge. This is Edge. Okay. Let's go to the uh, twirly menu top right. It's kind of cut off on the screen, but go down here to help and feedback. Go to about Microsoft Edge. And if we look right here, let me zoom in. This line in the middle, it's not showing my cursor, but it says okay. this browser is made possible by Chromium, open source project and other open source software. So if we hit Chromium, this is what Chromium is. It's Google Chrome. Essentially, or Google. Google. Yeah. Visit the Google Chrome OS site. It's Google. So. And, and, and to be fair here as well, there's a lot of other nuances to this case because it also ties into search advertising. Sure. And if you try to buy advertising from Microsoft through Bing, you're never going to get as much coverage or your search results are not going to be as good and high up as you are if you have to go through Google. So there is, there is a sense of Google. Yeah, they do have a dominant market position. It's just a matter. I think it's going to be a matter of defining the market for search and whether Google is really dominant or not dominant. So I, again, when it was, when it was Microsoft, I did, I was rooting against Microsoft in this case, I'm not necessarily rooting against Google because yeah. like, I do prefer, because everyone knows the for, for search results, it could be, you know, you go to Google. So it could be interesting as they start implementing all of these AI aspects, Microsoft put it, the chat GPT, um, you know, the GUI stuff into Bing and they added the, that technology, but Google did the same thing with Bard. And so I still find myself just opening up Google search typing. I read the little generative AI thing and say, oh, that's interesting. And then I still go below to find different sites or different articles. So it, maybe in November, we'll come back and talk about this as, as the ruling. But I, yeah. I certainly am not going to follow the trial like I, I did 20 to 25 years ago with the Microsoft stuff. That seemed a little bit more interesting than this. Yeah, it's a little dry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'll try to make it funnier. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to another another couple stories. Uh, this is in it related to the work at home, remote office, remote worker type of situation. Um, a recent study found that an overwhelming majority of workers in the U.S. prefer a more flexible work schedule, uh, whether it be a four-day work week with longer hours or the option for remote work. A vast majority of those in favor of a four-day work week among all generations would even sacrifice something to make it happen, according to a study that was from Bankrate that used data from YouGov. So what's interesting about this, and I did this on our own site, or, you know, that, you know how we do image polls on our YouTube channel? Yeah. So I did ask them similar questions to our audience about what would you be willing to give up in order to get a four-day work week? Because it does appear that most people are in favor of this four-day work week idea. And then, so the, the poll question, you only get four, you only get four choices on these uh, YouTube polls. Uh, so I said, well, would you give up? Um, would you basically work longer hours during the four days? So instead of a seven and a half to eight hour work day, you would have to work, you know, nine to 10 hours. Okay. That was one choice. Uh, would you give up remote work in order to get that four day work week? Like was like, we'll give you a four day work week, but you have to work at home. Another option I chose was fewer vacation days. Would you give up some of your vacation days? And then the last choice was, uh, would you work, off peak hours. Like I said, well, you could work four hours or you could work four days a week, but you have to come in at nights or you have to work weekends. So you have to do like, you know, four days working, but two of them are on the weekend. So what do you think came in as the top choice or what would you pick? First of all, what would you pick? And then tell us uh, if, if like, I'm assuming that you want a four day work week. Okay. Well, right. I guess, yeah. Okay. I mean, if, if I let's were go, to pick, let's go in with that assumption. If I were to pick a four-day work week, I would just give up remote work. Okay, say so. That was for our answer. That was eighteen percent of our audience. Yeah, it did come in second. The first one was work longer hours, which matched up with this other survey too. Yeah, um, I think most people said, yeah, you know, I could do four hours, um, four days a week, and I'll I'll just tack that onto the additional four days. I mean, I, I feel like this this it, topic is going to be. Uh, ongoing for years on honestly until i don't know until maybe a new norm i think along. it's i think again you know i think both sides are meeting somewhere in the middle with with this idea of yeah we're still they're giving up friday i can tell you that right now like they're not going to ever make people come back in on a friday Monday, I could see that eventually coming back at, in terms of setting the work week and having all of your meetings on a Monday, but still in an office. I mean, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are all, it feels like now, based on my commutes now on those, on those days. It's still, it's a very long commute. And it was nice when it was not a very long commute when I didn't have all as much traffic. So, um, yeah, and, and there was another story that you, you found that you wanted to talk about. It's this guy on TikTok that's gone viral. Um, he, he is a, a receptionist at a gym, and he said that remote work is turning people insane in terms of they're bringing all of this insane energy into public spaces. Um, he basically said people who work from home all day are now bringing insane energy into public spaces. And this guy named Alec Flynn told 1.4 million viewers last week, quote, if you're working from home all day, you need to have at least one more conversation or interaction before you come to a public place. And he's noticing two types of different people, right? Yep. 
And what were they? They were you're either in cat mode or <laughs> you're in golden retriever energy. Okay. Um, so- meaning you're just releasing all this energy. You walk in, you're saying hi to everybody and all that, talking with everybody. So it's either cat mode or golden retriever mode. And, and then, I, I, I believe it. And then the third I person chimed in on, I think, on some of the comments of the, the TikTok, uh, which said, yeah, the third option is that, the, that everyone is angry and, and aggressive with people. Um, Could be that, yeah. So I'm wondering, now, this is, TikTok, this is a TikTok guy, and he's, talk, he's doing an anecdote, but it would be interesting to find out if there is some research that happens that, that explores the idea of people that are in isolation a lot, yeah. And I don't know how isolated you are in a, in a home office, but you're more isolated than when you're talking with people outside. Does that tend you, you know, does that create a situation where then when you go interact with in with people in the public that you turn into one of those three modes that you were either like, "Oh my god, it's so great to see you." That's the golden retriever or it's like you hide. Yeah, like, I, uh, hello, I I'm, think I'm, I need I, uh, I'd like to cash this check. I, or oh my god, blah, 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 blah. like that's your that, those are your three people. Yeah. No, I, I think there already are studies on this um, out there. Um, earlier on in the pandemic, I think they were already released, but uh, I, we haven't really paid much attention to them. I, I do want to try to find them um, to go over them, but just in my opinion, I do think it will have an effect on our social interactions, whether you're working from home all the time or not. And I think he's accurate in observing these two types of characters walking into the gym, the cat like and the golden retriever. Cause well, I mean, even the, when I, even when I personally work from home all day and then go out into public, do you feel I, I weird? Do, I feel more like shy more like not prepared to talk okay like if, if i work from home all day <laughs> and then let's say at night you know i don't know i gotta go to the store or the next day or, or something like that it's like how do i talk how, Does how do your, I, yeah I, I, how so, do I, so you're more of a cat person well a cat well no it's i'm actually the, i'm the opposite i'm i'm more of a i want to go out there and talk to people see people but because of the whole working from yeah, home you've you've turned into a cat I've turned into a cat <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I, I I could see me being all three of those personality types depending on what's going on that day. I've definitely gone out and have been really annoyed with people. Yeah. But you and I have talked about this. It's it's my biggest pet peeve about anybody in general is 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 hypocrites. Mm-hmm. People that break the rules or think that they're better than the rules that annoys me to no end in all forms of life. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I would be a golden retriever anyway. I, I would, I tend to keep to myself when I'm in public places or social situations. I'm not a big fan of crowds. And so I get super anxious if there's a crowd. I do like people individual, you know, meeting them on an individual basis. But you've gone to concerts and stuff. Uh, I get, I get so- somewhat anxious at concerts. Yeah. Like I took my daughter to a concert in June and she went right into the pack of, of people cause she wanted to be as close to the band as possible. And I, I went like back here and just, I'm always looking for an escape route. 
yeah. when I'm ever in a situation like that. So if I stay farther away from people, then I know I'm, I'm a little bit safer. So that's, and maybe that's because of previous experiences in, in trying to get out and trying to make sure that I'd be safe. So, um, yeah, I, I, I want to see, I don't want, I, I love stories like this from TikTok and viral videos and things like that, but there's no scientific basis on this at, at all. I'd like to, I'd like to see some more. No, but uh, I, I think it's, it's out there. I, I think it's out there. Um, like case in point, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say this like means anything, but it's interesting to experience uh when i had to go to my physical my yearly physical you know yearly checkup during the pandemic uh, uh, my um primary care provider gave me a handout to assess my mental yeah yeah um, that's the thing now stability you know if i'm going through depression or whatever and it's like well why would they be doing that why Ask yourself that. Why? Because I think they're starting, I think they realize at the time that being secluded for these long periods of time True. might might have, might have some effect on people's mental well-being and, and whatnot. And so it's, it's, it's like, they're not going to do that for no reason. Yeah. They, they want to get to the bottom of it and try to figure it out. But I'd be interested to see studies on this and you know, see if what this guy is saying on TikTok is actually, you know, that's, that's probably a fair observation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be following. Um, I'll try to track news yeah. around uh, the mental health parts of, of being alone all day. Uh, but on another scientific topic, we have three stories uh, or two stories around space and scientists. And first one, this was a couple weeks ago. Uh, an asteroid that was hit by NASA last year in a quote-unquote save-the-Earth test run is now behaving mysteriously. So, Did we make it worse? Well, that's... <laughs> the jury is still out on this. That's, what, that's what's a little irritating about this, is that um, a teacher and his students actually discovered that the asteroid NASA recently hit with a missile to save mankind is now acting strangely. In September 2022, the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, fired a refrigerator-sized spacecraft at Dimorphos, which is part of a two-asteroid system. The experiment was a test to see whether a potentially hazardous asteroid could be diverted away from the Earth, saving mankind, as opposed to hiring a, a big uh, oil-rigging crew to go out and drill the asteroid to make sure it avoids Earth, which is the plot of Armageddon. How many movies do we have on this? I mean, this should be There's easy. A, there was at least two or three movies. Yeah. Well, there was Armageddon and there was Deep Impact, and they both came out about the same time. Uh, again, this was about 30 years ago. We were, but now actual science is now discovering. I think the more, the, the more we produce spacecraft that observes the universes or the universe, the more potentially deadly asteroids could that could hit our, our planet are discovered mm -hmm. and so now they're thinking well if we do have one of these big ones coming towards us is there a way we can divert it to save mankind so they said so they did this thing where it, they, they hit it with with spacecraft and it altered its course but the problem is is that now it's acting strangely and the second thing is, is that this was discovered by teachers and a student or you know teacher and students um all right so apparently its orbit has continued to shrink since the collision. Scientists initially expected the vessel to slow down, eventually stabilizing. Uh, a high school teacher in California uh, 
noticed something strange when observing the asteroid in the school's observatory. Um, I think this might be a private school if they've got their own observatory. Yeah, I mean, those are. I think those are expensive. Yeah. So I guess they're they're continuing to. They're not saying it's it's it was bad that they did it. Hmm. They're not saying that like somehow this made it worse. But they're not saying that everything's okay either. It's just they're just saying that it, it's acting strangely. Um, but that makes me think it's like, all right, scientists, guys, like, come on, like, stop doing this thing. Have you watched Jurassic Park? Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. I, yeah. I'm a little annoyed by scientists continuing to do things. But they did just now. There's another part. So the next story. Scientists are now thinking that a planet that was spotted by the James Webb telescope has water and possibly even life. News of another habitable zone harboring an exoplanet several light years away has been floating around lately thanks to the James Webb Space Telescope. But if you're planning to dismiss it as one among the hordes of other Earth-sized and Earth-like planets that have been found and forgotten in the past, you might want to wait a little longer. Okay, so this planet, which is known as K218b, is 120 light years away. Um, they've also, researchers have detected an abundance of carbon dioxide and methane, along with a lot of ammonia. While these characteristics point to the presence of an ocean under a hydrogen rich atmosphere, uh, there's something more exciting about this world, and it's DMS, which is dimethyl sulfide, a compound produced by cooking things like beetroot, asparagus, cabbage, corn, and seafood with planktonic microorganisms. And this is now, I get lost in the science stuff. Yeah, well, they're just saying it's, it's so similar it's to our, you know, planet's biology, essentially. Right. Like, chemistry. Right. So it could, it could, at some point, produce life, but then also support it if yeah. we ever needed to get there. So the first thing, 120 light years away, like, that's, again, it's, it, it's not going to happen in this lifetime. Um, but is it interesting that scientists are discovering are starting to think of, you know, we may have to, we may have to get humans off of this planet at some point. Um, we'll go ruin another planet. <laughs> we're, we need to ruin another planet. We've already done enough damage to this one. Let's go ruin another one. But that's a that's also a trope in many science fiction universes that if you are writing a book about the far, 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 far future, you have to have some kind of system where humans launch in spaceships and, and try to start colonizing the stars. Um, it does look like we're start going to start with the moon. And then at some point, Mars. Um, but you need technology that can, A, keep people in stasis of some sort. So you hear about cryogenic freezing. That was the plot of Alien. They were waking up from a cryosleep. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other warp black hole type theories on how to warp and get to hyperspace and things like that. Um, I think that most of the, the scientists that are trying to discover all of this have just been playing Starfield lately. Like they're all just playing that video game and I've got to check to maybe like, well, you know, a planet was discovered that has life and then they show this picture and it's just a screenshot from Starfield or, or that other video game, uh, No Man's Sky. It's like, yeah, and we've discovered and other alien civilizations. It's like, no, dude, you're just playing Starfield. Yeah. Any thoughts on this? Do you think that, like, didn't you say that, you, you know, when we were talking about this story that, well, you'll, you you just figure that Elon Musk is going to invent the system at some point or, or his companies? Pro- I mean, you're giving him a way, way too much credit. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's, I think he's had the most, I won't say the most, but probably the same success as NASA and what he's doing. You know what I mean? In terms of space exploration. 
But, well, okay. Or, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's a visionary. He's a visionary. <laughs> He is. I think he's more like the guy that Edward Norton played in that uh, Knives Out movie. No. The Glass Onion. No. Like, I mean, I, he likes to troll. He likes to troll. He's like, a troll. That's a given. Yeah. That's a given. But I, I think there's oh, some... Oh, I think, oh I'm I think sorry. He, I I'm think sorry. there's some substance. He are has are some you just trying to butter him up so that we can get him on the show here? Is that is that your strategy? I figured it out. Okay. Elon Musk is a genius and should be on our show. How's that? Fair enough. All right. All right, Chris. Thanks for catching us up on the news. Yeah, no problem. All right. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments you have below. Take part in our polls that we do on on the site. Please subscribe. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.